Hello, this is Claire. And this is Mike. And welcome to the Finding Philothea podcast. This episode, I'm so excited for. We are sharing what I read in January and February of this year, 2023. One of my big goals and resolutions this year was to read more. And the way I set out to do this, I opened a Google Doc, wrote the months of the year down, and then went through my library, looked and saw what I wanted to read, what I've been wanting to read for so long, and then picked about five or six books per month. From there, at the beginning of every month, I open on my phone my notes, and then I copy and paste from the Google Doc the month's book list. After that, I go through each book and see how many pages are in that book. And then I divide the number of pages in the book by the number of days in the month. That total is the number of pages I read from that book each day. Having this plan and having it in my notes has helped me so much. And just even at the end of the month, clicking that bubble next to it, that little check mark after accomplishing my month's book goals has helped so much in accomplishing that goal. I think having this plan, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish my reading goals thus far in the year without that little motivation in my notes. Yeah, and you've really stuck to it. It's been inspiring to see making the sacrifices to do it every day. And it's it's been awesome to see. As Mike's saying this, I'm looking at him and just thinking I could not have done this without him. His support on nights that I was so tired because some days are full, I tried to get the reading in here and there throughout the day, but there were some just really busy days that I had my reading at the end of the night, all these pages, around 50 or 60 pages. And Sometimes he would read out loud to me, but it was such a beautiful thing to do together as a couple instead of just scrolling our phones at night or going through Netflix, trying to decide what to watch for an hour. We were actually conversing and I was listening to him and we were having conversations about what we were reading. So it was a really special time and it still is because I'm still reading and still asking him to help me out sometimes. Yeah, we're only a quarter into the year, so... Excited for more. (laughs) Yeah, but with that, I am so happy, even a quarter in, that I have not broken my habit chain. I haven't broken a link in it. I think it's James Clear who says that the habits we make and the habits that we do each day, the ones that we accomplish each day, are like links in a chain. And you want a really strong habit chain. So you don't want any missing links. And when you miss, let's say I missed reading for a day, that would be a missing link in my habit chain. And I'm really thankful that I haven't missed, by the grace of God and Mike's help and discipline, that I haven't missed a link in the chain. So a huge motivation in this was looking at my book list for the year and knowing that if I accomplish all these reading goals, I truly will be a different person at the end of the year. And already I see personally and within our family life, the fruit of this reading, I'm more motivated to accomplish my other goals throughout the day so I can get this reading in. And I'm more disciplined in my daily tasks, knowing that I need to be finishing my reading each day. And there's something really incredible about keeping the promises we make to ourselves. 
I remember a couple of years ago, I was going through a difficult time and someone told me that one way we can gain trust with others, the way we establish trust ultimately with God is keeping the promises we make to ourselves. This shows us that someone can be trustworthy, even if it's ourselves. So there's been really a lot of beautiful benefits for our entire family. Before we jump into this episode with the books I read in January and February, we'll do March and April in a future episode, but we'll just cover briefly January, February, I'll name off the books and then a little lesson from each book. But before we jump in, Mike, what are you currently reading? Well, over the last year or so, I've been slowly listening to the series of Dune books by Frank Herbert. And I recently finished number six, which is called Chapter House Dune. And it was the last one that he actually wrote. And now I'm into Dune 7 by his son who found his notes after he after he passed away. So it continues the story from there. And so it, I, I really enjoy it. And some of these books have been really well cast because some of them have multiple people reading. And it's, it's almost like a drama. <laughs> so it's really nice to listen and read and, and be able to experience it in that way. So jumping in, we get questions a lot about reviewing the books that I've read because I've been sharing on Instagram my reading journey of this past year. So we'll start off with my January books. And the first was Friends of God by St. Jose Maria Escriva. And this book came at the perfect time in my life, and I experienced such healing with this book. So Friends of God is a compilation of St. Jose Maria, some of his homilies, and it goes through different topics. And it's a small book, can fit in your pocket, your purse. I recommend this book to everyone. It is so challenging, and it made me realize how far from holiness I am. I know for all of us, we experience homilies that can just not push us all the time. Some really, really do. But St. Jose Maria Escriva, these homilies are so impactful and really changed how I thought and challenged me in deep ways. And like I said, it showed me how far away from holiness I am, but he didn't leave us there. He didn't leave us in despair. He equips us with how to change our lives. And Mike, you read some of this too. Yes, I did. And some of the ones I read, I would characterize them as timeless. So you're not stuck in one era. And of course, he sometimes references things that have happened or are currently happening in current events in that period of history. But they're timeless. They can apply to everyone in their lives. And I agree, it pushed me too. The main takeaway from this book for me was forgiveness one, but secondly, the beauty of work and the beauty of the ordinary, the beauty of the everyday and how important it is to seek holiness, to ask for God's grace in the everyday, our work, play, time spent with others, everything can be offered to God. So I definitely recommend this book. If anything on this list, you read Get Friends of God by St. Jose Maria Scriva. The second book I read is Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. And talking about healing, this book revealed to me places that I didn't even realize were wounded in my soul, mind, heart, body, places that I really needed healing. 
Dr. Bob Schutz is the founder of the John Paul II Healing Institute in Florida and co-host of the Restore the Glory podcast. This podcast, you guys, you could definitely just turn us off and turn that one on because <laughs> it is so good and healing and beautiful and covers topics from wounds from parents, wounds from siblings, all these different wounds that we accumulate in our life and ways to heal from those wounds. Yeah. And I'm, I'm reading this as well. I'm listening to it about halfway through and there's some really great insights in this book, as Clara said, and she'll share a little bit more. One of the ones that sticks with me is he says, where there is love, there is always healing. And so that was a challenge for me to bring healing for myself, but also for my family in ways that we all need healing in my family to just bring love and just be love to everybody in the everyday. One chapter that really affected me was the chapter on the anatomy of a wound. Dr. Bob uses an image of three concentric circles representing different aspects of our responses to trauma. So in the center of the wound, that represents the traumatic event that occurred in your life, whatever it is. And then around that is our beliefs, representing how identity lies and judgments are used to insulate us from the impact of the traumas. So that's the second concentric circle. And then he says within that, in the short term, that protects us from feeling pain, yet in the long term, they become the mechanism in which the pain gets locked into our body and soul. And I definitely see this in our life, just how physically wounds, spiritual wounds can manifest physically. And that's a huge takeaway from the book. The outer circle represents the inner vows and decisions we make consciously or unconsciously to protect ourselves and they serve as a barrier around our hearts. And he says these vows, these vows we say about ourselves or that we say in almost a way to protect ourselves, originate in pride and ungodly self-sufficiency. So like I said, this book revealed to me areas and sins I didn't even realize I was dealing with. And a beautiful thing from this book, a fruit of it, was it led me right to confession. And I realized that there were places in my life I really needed to surrender to God. And I desired so much healing throughout reading this book. I was like, I just want to be healed. And it did make me reflect on how often we are carrying these wounds like baggage around with us just for the sake of trying to protect ourselves out of fear and instead of opening up to God's grace and healing. And it's, it's, we have to ask ourselves, do we truly want to be healed? Do we want that healing Christ has in store for us that he is offering and extending to us? So this is a really pivotal, powerful book. For me, this book is just a great reminder to tie those feelings of wanting to protect ourselves with that self-sufficiency, which ultimately ties the pride, which is the root of all sin. And it's it's just a great reminder for that to then go and take that back to confession. So that second book was Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. Definitely read it. The third book I read in January was Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. And St. Francis de Sales is our blog, Finding Philothea's patron. 
St. Francis wrote letters to the faithful, whom he called Philothea, the one who loves God. So our blog and Instagram and mission is all about finding the one who loves God in ourselves, our true self, in each other and in one another. So as our patron, I wanted to read this book for so long. I had started it and I had stopped it. I couldn't get into it. I was so thankful when I saw that there was a podcast out there called Catholic Classics. That podcast goes through the book over a course of around 40 days and has two Dominicans reflecting on each day's readings. So this book, Intro to the Devout Life, specifically coupled with Friends of God by St. Jose Maria Escriva. They were really pivotal in forgiveness and healing that I needed to do this year and just pressed upon my heart that I needed to take action on everything that I was reading and ask for the grace. Throughout these books in January, the books I was reading, they were filling me with such knowledge about the faith, but through the intro to the devout life, I was able to ask for the grace to act upon the words I was reading. That was a beautiful fruit of this book. Yeah, and I'm listening to this right now for Lent, and it, it is challenging, but it is a, a gentle push in the right direction. And in society today, it's do what feels good, kind of console yourself through some of the pains or the wounds you have. And this book really challenges you and is a thwart what the society says today of just consoling yourself through your pains and troubles, but it's it's actually working through challenging yourself to be better in every aspect of your life, and that will bear fruit in all areas of your life. I love, too, that St. Francis de Sales is known as the gentleman saint, and he truly is the epitome of a gentleman because he gently leads us to the truth and he's such a gentleman because it is true love. It is willing the good of the beloved. There's a will for our holiness in the words he's writing. It's gentle, yet it's a push too. So he really is the gentleman saint. So that was Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. We really recommend listening to it if you aren't able to read it on the Catholic Classics podcast and those reflections by the Dominican friars that made it so, it mm -hmm. just made it come to life. It was beautiful. Right. It takes the practical things that he's asking for, gives further commentary and maybe ways to enact it in your own life. The next book I read in January was Love and Responsibility by Carl Waitiwa. So many times throughout reading this book, I would turn to Mike and tell him every single person needs to read this book. <laughs> the biggest lesson I got out of this book, and it's a lesson I know mentally, but I have to be reminded of it practically, is to see people as an end in and of themselves instead of a means to an end. So in other words, not to use people and especially not to use our spouses. And this book definitely led me to deeper questions and self-reflection, especially how I could love and serve Mike, my husband, better. Right. And I, I see the dignity thing not only as this book is typically seen as in the sexuality in those matters, but in our everyday interactions with people in our jobs, in the grocery store, and with our spouses. The next book I read in January 
was the Journal of Reza Maritan. This book was a really raw look that provided insight into the heart of a very holy woman. Reza was the wife of philosopher Jacques Maritain, and she was a philosopher herself. She lived through both world wars and was a Jewish-born French philosopher, poet, writer, and mystic. And reading this book, the biggest takeaway for me was a deeper longing and desire and almost a need for more contemplative prayer in my own life. I remember this was one of the books that I helped you with some nights and the very first paragraph I read in this book just brought me to tears and I had no context whatsoever, but like you said, very raw and very real. The edition that I read was from Clooney Media and I love this publishing company so much, especially their cover art. It's Each cover of their books is like a masterpiece. And Clooney Media generously offered to sponsor this podcast episode. Clooney Media is a publishing house that was born from the love of Catholic tradition with the goal of preserving and promoting the Catholic literary and intellectual traditions. And like I said, their cover art, they are masterpieces. They are so inviting. They would make the perfect gift. They just make you want to open the book and read. It's so beautiful. And they publish such beautiful books. Their Life of Christ by Fulton Sheen is beautiful. Just go through their website and see what books they have. And you can use code FP30, that's capital F, capital P, 30, for 30% off your entire order. That is such an amazing discount, 30% off books. If you are looking for some beautiful books, both aesthetically beautiful and the content of beauty too, check out Clooney Media and use code FP30. I'll also include a code with the link in the notes of this episode. And thank you, Clooney Media, for sponsoring this episode. The next book I read in January was The Excellent Eleven by Ron Clark. So Ron Clark, I remember my dad reading this book when I was growing up and it made an impact on my childhood for sure. And I think there's there's a movie out about it too, yeah, right? You, For some reason it came to your mind and you said, we're watching this movie tonight. I was like, okay, it's got Matthew Perry in it, but okay. It's <laughs> but it really awesome. good. It's a great movie. So Ron Clark, true, it's a true story. It's based on his life, the yeah. movie. But Ron Clark, this author, he offers his wisdom of teaching and goes through different qualities teachers, both teachers and parents should use to motivate, inspire, and educate their children. What I really appreciated in this and with him as an author was his inclusion of parents. And I don't see that often. I think sometimes in education, parents can be set aside or it's just assumed that the teacher is doing everything, but it's so important to have that collaborative nature with teaching of children. It's both the teacher and the parents. And I really recommend this book if you interact with children at all. Yeah, I agree. This is another one I listened to, and he actually reads it. Ron Clark reads it himself, so it's really cool to see because you can tell he's just retelling these stories. 
And two of the things that I took away were when you're teaching, whether you're a teacher or a parent, just having that enthusiasm is so key to keeping that child engaged. And the other is to be an example. And being an example was impressed upon me because your child is always watching you and they're always learning from you, whether it's good things or bad things. So be enthusiastic and be a good example. So that was the excellent 11 by Ron Clark. The next book I read, the last book of January that I read, and I say last book, but I was reading all these pages every day simultaneously. But the last book on our list is Aesthetics Volume 1 by Dietrich von Hildebrand. And I have shared, I know on Instagram, I think it's my first time sharing on here. No, it's not because I love him. (laughs) My love for philosopher Dietrich von Hildebrand, he is my hero, hands down. And I think we really need an entire podcast oh, about we his do. We life. Need to at some point, he really proclaimed truth in season and out of season. And he lived during the height of the Second World War, and he was named Hitler's number one enemy. I don't know why his life isn't talked about more. I want to just proclaim his life from the rooftops because he has his life, his wisdom, his writings, his teachings. His courage and his witness are what we need now and lessons that we need to be reflecting on and living out now. And just to think about that, it just it, it wasn't a physically strong commander in an army that Hitler named his primary enemy. It was a philosopher. Like, just think about that. That's the power of thought and the power of philosophy. Even Hitler knew that that is more powerful and can be more powerful than a commander or strong army fighting against him. With aesthetics, in the foreword, you you learn that these were books that he wanted to write for years, and they're a culmination of sorts of some of his other work and, and most of his other work into the realm of aesthetics. So there's two volumes, volume one and two. I read volume one in January and then the second volume in February. And volume one explains the philosophy behind the world of aesthetics, beauty, and volume two goes through specific works of art, sculptures, pieces of music, literature, architecture, you name it, and describes the beauty behind each. So I love learning about the philosophy behind it, but to go in and he's describing a Beethoven piece and you're like, I've listened to that. And he's touching upon these beautiful aspects and the meaning behind that beauty It just opens up the world of aesthetics in a powerful way. Dietrich von Hildebrand is all about teaching us to see the value in things, the world of values, and his reverence for the beautiful has made me more aware of the beauty around me. He teaches that we have a duty to respond to the beautiful, to value, And these two volumes of aesthetics really transformed how I view the world. What little I've read to you was very moving. And I'm going to try to implement some of these things when I write music later on, because he does focus in on music and what's beautiful and what's not and what's objectively better and what's not, which is very contentious in music because it's kind of the subjectively satisfying that that we hear in music or it's just an expression of 
who I am as a person, and that's really all it is. But he really goes into there is an objective beauty in music. So volume one of Aesthetics was in January. I touched upon volume two, which was February, and we are now into the February books. And the next one I read in February was The Case for Catholicism by Trent Horn. And this was actually the most difficult one for me to read. Even though Dietrich von Hildebrand's Aesthetics, the first volume was really heady and I had to read sentences a couple times, this one was actually a little harder for me. And I don't know if it was the style it was written in or just, it was a difficult one for me. But with that said, still read it because it has the most amazing information in it. So this book answers classic and contemporary Protestant objections to the Catholic faith, and it covers everything from sola scriptura to tradition to the papacy to the Eucharist to Mother Mary to the saints, you name it, it covers it. And when I shared on Instagram that I was reading this book, I got messages. It was so beautiful that people said that they had read themselves to Catholicism through this book, that this book led to their conversion. And that was really powerful and really motivated me to continue reading it as hard as it was for me to read. I wish I would have read this book while I was in college because I had a lot of Protestant friends and I was so poorly equipped. Even being a cradle Catholic and going to Mass every Sunday and being involved, this book really has a lot of great information. And it's so important to know your faith. Exactly. I 100% recommend it to the Catholic who was a cradle Catholic, like Mike's saying, to those who are against the faith, to those who are searching or wanting to convert to Protestants. Honestly, anyone could benefit from this book. And it's so important. It's vital that we know our faith. And as St. Peter says in scripture, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. And that's the verse that kept coming to heart and mind as I was reading this book. The next book I read in February was Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. And this book was such a light in my book list because some of these books were really heavy and dense and filling me up to the brim mentally. And this was such a breath of, it was like a spring day just (laughs) reading this book. And it's a book I It's such a comfort to me because I've read Pride and Prejudice multiple times, yet every single time I read it, there's something new that comes out, some new insight, and I am just reminded of the beauty of Jane Austen's writing. She is a classic writer for a reason. Her writing is timeless. It withstands the test of time. She is just a powerful writer and doesn't waste a word. Her moral lessons, her teachings in the book, you just learn so much about yourself. You're really rooting for the good characters, the morally good characters, and you're like disgusted with the morally corrupt characters. So it's a really good insight in the battle of your own heart of what's, you just want to be a better person after reading her books. Mm-hmm. I loved reading this too. I read most of this book too out loud and it was something I looked forward to every night. Something that we shared. But also just wow, this isn't just 
chick flick general fair, right? It's like, this is, she is a great writer. And I would recommend this book to every one of my friends. Yes, she is amazing. And you leave so edified after you close that last chapter. You just don't want it to end. These characters become really good friends. I remember we were finishing up Sense and Sensibility and then we started Pride and Prejudice and I was like, I'm going to miss my Sense and Sensibility girls. Like I'm going to (laughs) miss them. But then you delve in and this whole new plot and characters, it's just so beautiful. Even if it's a reread for you, Pride and Prejudice, read it. If you've only seen the movie, definitely read it because the book Mike Mike has been watching Pride and Prejudice since we've met and <laughs> he's finally read the book and even throughout reading this book one thing he kept saying over and over was just that you will miss out so much if you rely just on the movie. Mhm. Yeah, I mean it's that cliche, right, that the book is always better than the movie, but in this case there's so much nuance to the character and I would even say that the movie does a disservice to certain characters and portrays them in a light that actually isn't their true intentions. So twist, this could yeah. be a whole nother episode. Yeah, maybe it will be. <laughs> the next book in February, don't worry. Thank you for still hanging in there. We're almost done. We have three more. St. Paul by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. So at the beginning of every year, I tried to focus on different authors. And this year, 2023, I really wanted to focus on the writings of Dietrich von Hildebrand, St. Therese, Pope Benedict XVI, and David McCullough. And yes, I'll read other authors throughout, but I really, those were the the skeleton, those books I chose first to make sure I wanted to focus on their writings. And I knew I wanted to focus on the writings of Pope Benedict XVI this year, especially with his death. The day I was making this list was the day he passed. And I just, I knew I had to focus on his writings. So St. Paul is a compilation of Pope Benedict's general audiences from July 2008 to February 2009 that he did focusing on St. Paul in honor of the year dedicated to him in 2008. So this book definitely gave me a deeper appreciation, not only for St. Paul, but also for Pope Benedict, whose insights are always such a treasure. I'm thinking here definitely of Jesus of Nazareth, that book. He is so thoughtful and gently challenges the reader to think in ways that you wouldn't even think of when you when you open or think of scripture, the saints. He probes your mind and heart in powerful ways and makes Jesus and the saints come to life. Yeah, he's very insightful. Many people had this idea of Benedict as just this very heady, dogmatic type of person, and he is not at all. And I love how Pope Benedict also focuses on history. In his books, he makes the reader realize that St. Paul, that Jesus of Nazareth, were historical people, that they lived in time and history, which I love, he always adds that historical context and it makes it come alive. So this book was really informative with that historical aspect, but also soul filling. So I felt like I was going through a historical and 
spiritual journey reading this book, and it's a short read. I looked forward to reading it every single day. Talking about history, the (laughs) next book I read in February was Truman, Volume 1 by David McCullough. So another favorite author who died recently, who was on my list of authors to focus on this year, is David McCullough. And it's hard to even talk about him without getting emotional thinking about his writings and his life because both his life and his writings have really transformed my life. And I don't say that lightly. He really has. And my father would always read his books. Growing up, there was just a love of history in our household. And he would always speak so highly of David McCullough as an author. And then when I went to college and studied history, I read John Adams and used McCullough's writing on him in my own thesis. And then growing up when I was little, I remember seeing this Truman book in the library. And I remember looking at it and thinking it was huge. And it is. It's probably (laughs) one of the most, I have to double check John Adams, but this was probably the biggest book I read almost a thousand pages between volume one and volume two. So Mike generously gifted me a gorgeous two-volume set edition from Easton Press, and I read the first volume in February. And just a few days ago, I finished the second volume this March. Yeah, what I read to you from this, it was just incredible because I didn't know much about Truman starting off, and I'd never even experienced a David McCullough book before. He is so vivid with his descriptions, but he keeps it true to history, too. He doesn't kind of give his own commentary. It's it's real, and he gives you everything that's happening and the sentiments at the time, and it's a really great read. It reads like a novel. I remember reading this, and sometimes my heart was pounding. The way he was writing was amazing. Just he he is such a talented writer, and even how big it was, I wanted more. And I can't <laughs> believe I'm saying that, but I wanted more of that book, and I was sad closing that page. And I didn't know much about Truman other than the atomic bomb before I opened up this book. But he is such a pivotal, powerful figure in history. And he definitely, definitely had his flaws, like all of us. But I was reflecting on this. Unlike many of us, he had excellent virtues just excellent. The virtues he had, he really excelled in, and he was hardworking, decisive. He cared deeply about his friends. It was just a beautiful journey of a life. And that's another reason I just love David McCullough's writing so much, because people are truly at the center of his books. People are. And he shows his readers how important every single life is and the potential each of us have to change history, that we each have that potential to change the world. So the last book of February, we've made it, is I Believe in Love by Father Jean C.J. Delbay. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. My French is rusty, but I Believe in Love. And this book, like Pride and Prejudice, it was a reread for me. And like Pride and Prejudice too, I definitely received new insights from reading it, rereading it. Father 
Delbay, I'll just say Father John, Father John, he is so gentle and such a promoter of Jesus's merciful love for us, just like St. Therese was. So this is a retreat influenced by St. Therese's life and writings and mission to promote merciful love. And he reveals the heart of St. Therese and her teachings in such an inviting, beautiful way. And the word that I think of when I read this book and while I was reading this book is just gentle, that gentleness, that consolation. It was a gentle joy, just a gentle invitation and a gentle love of Christ. The biggest takeaway, and I'm glad we're ending with this book because the biggest takeaway was it filled me with such hope for heaven and that heaven is attainable for people like me, sinners like me, that I can have hope for heaven. And that's so St. Therese and her teachings, her life, her writings, they've definitely done that for me, just her insights on merciful love and my hope of heaven through Jesus's merciful love. So that one is I Believe in Love by Father Jean Delbay. And 100% recommend all these books that we've covered. And I just finished March's books, and I'm beginning on April's. It's April 2nd, and we will be sharing our insights on those books in future episodes. But we'll stop there because that was a lot that we covered, and I'll definitely be sharing each of these book titles and authors and links to them in the show notes, along with the Clooney Media Code FP30 for 30% off your order from Cludy Media. This code FP30 expires on Pentecost, May 28th. So be sure to place your order before then. And I hope this episode inspired you to read in the words of Mark Twain, one of my favorite quotes by him that always has made me, if I come across this quote and I'm not reading or if I'm on my phone, I put away the phone and begin reading because he says, the man who does not read has no advantage over the man who cannot read. So be sure to pick up a book every single day this month. This is my challenge to you. Your life will change. Your conversations will become more fruitful and edifying. You will be thinking in new ways. You will be more disciplined. You'll be learning and seeing the world in a whole different light when you pick up books. Yeah, I see all of that in you. I see such a transformation even these past three months from all of the different things that you've read. And it's it's really great to see. So make sure you read, even if it's a paragraph a day. That's my challenge for you. But make it a page. God bless you guys. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you again, Clooney Media, for sponsoring this podcast episode. And be sure to use code FP30, that's capital FP30, for 30% off your order. And this code expires on Pentecost, May 28th, 2023. So be sure to place your order before then. And 30% off books, that is such a generous deal. I'm excited. I think I'm going to place my own order using that code because I'm so excited going through their books. They are beautiful. Thank you again, Clooney Media. <laughs>